Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Miller, and this is The Ziggler Show, where our goal is to inspire your true performance. In this episode, control the pace of your life. The word busy means having a great deal to do. So do you have a great deal to do? Are you enjoying the pace? Are you creating your best from the go, go, go grind? And I think we are in a special place in time where busy is finally losing its luster, not because we aren't capable of maintaining it, but rather we're learning it provides lesser, not greater value overall. Instead of the busy person seeming more important, I'm starting to see them as a poor decision maker and living life at just a shallower level. And actually I can own this for myself when I am in increasingly busy, I realize I'm at best just maintaining life. I'm not creating and growing it. Well, in show 767, I talked in depth with pastor and author John Mark Comer and his message, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. That's his book title as well. And it was from this discussion, I asked the Ziegler audience this question on a scale from one to 10, how hurried is your life? If it's high, like a 10, like a, an espresso squirrel, uh, what feels like the main culprit? And if it's low, one, like a sedated tree sloth, how, what has it helped? Well, you can uh, join these weekly discussions, by the way, by finding and friending me on Facebook at agentkmiller.com. But Tom Ziegler joined me to read through and discuss many of the comments that came in, and there were a lot. It's really insightful to say the least. So we'll get started right after I share some great products and services. I'm a foodie, and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, Tom, yeah, yeah this yeah. question, of course, was influenced by our current crisis with COVID-19, with the coronavirus, of course. So, you know, the point, though, is, is people's normal lives. But it is interesting as right now people's lives have take a dramatic, taken a dramatic turn towards the unhurried. And there, I think, is the question of what new normal do we want to go back to as well? So it's almost a secondarily or kind of an unsaid question to my original 
post here on this. So, you know, I'll ask you in general, especially prior to this crisis, where do you feel you had had been uh, on that scale of one to 10 as far as hurried? And but then to comment on obviously you're slowed, slower, slowing down now or you slow down now. And what do you intend to try to go back to? Is it going to change your norm? Is it going to, do you look at this ended all right now? Would you be in double squirrel mode? Cause now you're trying to catch up. Um, you know, and some of those things probably will happen either way though. I'm looking at, gosh, what do we want the new normal to be? So what are your thoughts on that? Wow. That's, that's, it's really interesting. Um, something that's never happened to me before is in the last 10 business days, I've done over 40 webinars. Wow. Probably closer to 50. Uh, half of those have been with our uh, Ziegler certified uh, trainers and speakers and our choose to win coaches. And this has been really cool. Uh, these are little 15 to 20 minute uh, webinars, just myself and that, that person. And it's a tool that they can send out to their whole audience. Mm -hmm. so, so they're sending a message of hope and encouragement. I'm, you know, we're talking about it. I deliver it 10 minutes, but here's, what's cool. Kevin is I'm getting these five to 10 minute one-on-one -on -one times uh, with, with our family, right? Our best customers, uh, the people who love Ziegler and who are out there doing that. And I'm thinking to myself, gee, Tom, why don't we do this before? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, and so even though the pace has been very, uh, you know, hurried's not the right, uh, I think urgent yeah. is a better word for me. Uh, the pace has been very urgent, but the time with each person has been very intentional. Yeah. Right. So that's been good. And, and because of that, and then all the webinars I've been in where we've had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people attend those even, yeah, even thousands. Um, it's like both ends of the spectrums of what I'm seeing. You know, some people life is just basically slowed down to a crawl and it's inside their house and their family. Uh, and some, you know, unfortunately a lot of people aren't able to work. Um, and others are, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs or small business owners, especially people who, uh, feel like they have something that can really help people through this time. There's a heightened sense of urgency, mm -hmm. right? They're doing more than ever. Um, so it's, it's kind of both. Yeah. Man, I'm looking, I'm looking at this going, gosh, how come I didn't think of this sooner? So that's one of the silver, you know, one of the benefits, one of the benefits of this time. Yeah. And of course we don't know yet. We're all trying to, uh, figure out where is this going to go? How is this going to change the business landscape? But yeah, like you, I see, and of course some businesses, especially those that are face to face, um, that are our service industries and local arenas, they're at a standstill, but then yeah, so many people that we know who are like you, who are in the information space or in the digital space, things have ramped up because you're transitioning all that live stuff that you had over yeah. to the digital and figuring out how to do that. And it is, it's, it's incredibly interesting to see. I'm sure there's going to be upside downside to all this when, when it subsides. 
Um, well, so I'll, I'll start reading down through some of these and we're going to hear some threads. And of course, most people did say, okay, well, right now I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, you know, going pretty easy. Um, but that's not where it was. And then that question of where do you want to be? Sophia Hyde, she starts off and she says, that's, I'm at a three. I said, wow, that's, that's low. Uh, what resulted in that? She says, I'm an event planner. All events have been canceled. Uh, my husband's work has been canceled for two months. When not in this pandemic situation, though, I am pretty close to a 10, two working parents and two small kids and a side hustle. And that's one, you know, here we are, Tom, and, and specifically talking about this non-hurried approach. And for those in our world, which are so many people trying to achieve new things, trying to aspire to other things. And a lot of times, yeah, the side hustle, I mean, that is, I don't have a great solution for that. That I think anytime you're going to start something, start a business, try to do that on the side. I don't know how to do that with a little, without a little more hurry added into your life. Uh, but I think it comes into play though. When we take that on, if we're going to say yes to that great thing, what are we going to say no to? And it may be some very good things that we have to say no to or realize, yeah, we're going to be in that super hustle. And then back to what John Mark Comer is talking about. Can we do that in health? Can we do that? And right now, if Sophia is trying to work a side hustle man, she needs some deep thinking, she needs some critical thinking, some creative thinking. Can she do that when things are crazy? Or is this a time to say no to some other things? She's got two small kids. Are there some you know, extracurricular good things that they're participating in as a family that may need to take a back seat or some volunteer at you know, somewhere good things that may need to take a back seat or some social things that might need to take a back seat? I mean, those are the questions we got to put up there because something, I think that's the big, the big call. It's something's got to give. Yeah. You know, we had a conversation, I think last time we recorded, I think it was off the show though, it was before. And you said, you know, I'm, I had this big plan to write my opus, you know, my, my big book. Yeah. Yeah. My kids wanted to build a snowman. Yeah. And so you told me, you're like, so I went and built a snowman and then I was, I was feeling guilty for feeling guilty. Like, wait a second. How many times do you get to build a snowman with your kids? And, you know, this is a, I think a lot of people, I call it, it's the uh, stuffitis onion. And you've probably seen some, some comments here and there on the internet about a spiritual awakening going on in the country and around the world. And I, I agree, but I think it's mainly a peeling back of the onion of stuffitis and all the stuff that was our priority as it's getting peeled back because we can't do it or it no longer um, is a priority, we, we realize, uh, wait a second, there's more to life than that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, it's like, um, it's just the unintended consequences. You know, one of the weird, my brain is a weird connector. And I was listening to a Freakonomics podcast about uh, the, the pollution in Wuhan, China and how much it's gone down. And how the reality is, is it might actually increase the life expectancy and result in 50,000 fewer deaths because of pollution. Because of everything shutting down because of the virus. Yeah. And then I thought, well, how many things in our life do we just accept because we just 
You know, it's like dad said, the way you boil a bullfrog is you don't put it in boiling water. You put it in warm water and you slowly raise the temperature. Yep. How many of us have just slowly raised the temperature on our life mm -hmm. and we're boiling and we don't even realize it? That is a question I hope is uh, results in a predominantly positive outcome from all this. I know we as a family are looking at that and, and getting, saying, what do we want to go back to business-wise as well, especially for those who are self-employed. What do we want to go back to? And yeah, how did we let it get so hot? That's a great perspective on that. Well, let me keep reading through here. Linda Ennis, she says, right now I'm at a one, uh, but normally at a seven. The main culprit is probably my procrastination. I do have to say I'm taking advantage of the slow time for reflection and getting things done that I usually do procrastinate with. My goal is to come out of this better, stronger, with new business plans, more thankful and appreciative. Wonderful. Love hearing that, you know, procrastination. I think we all deal with that some. And it's interesting that yeah, I've seen a couple of posts about uh, kind of the conviction people have had of goodness, all those things that I said I would do when I finally had the time. Now I have the time. And if I'm not doing those things, what does that say about me or the things I, I think? I think most people are saying, what does it say about me? But I also wonder sometimes about those things Are those things on our procrastination list, things we actually want to do. And I, even on those have been looking at some of those things and, want, and, and feeling like, let's, let's shed some light. Let me shed some light on those things. And some of those things I, I really don't want to do. I'm going to give myself permission to let go of those things. You were talking about, Tom, managing your email box. Well, actually, you were talking about not managing your email box. Well, <laughs> and I thought about that. And I've, I've probably come to a level of peace. I don't manage it well. I let stuff linger in there. And then all of a sudden, there's a zillion uh, in there. And I'll go through a time and I'll just kill them all. I mean, if I haven't responded to them in that many months, I'm probably not going to. I'll just nick them. If there's anything important on there, somebody will get, get a hold of me about never responding on there. But uh, I'm not one of those zero inbox folks. Maybe I should be. But procrastination, sometimes I think it belies the things that aren't really that important to us. Going back to that good and great thing. Maybe those are the good things that we need to cut loose and that, that can give us some freedom. Yeah. I, my, my thinking has really been challenged on a lot of issues. Uh, I read something recently on procrastination and it was like, you know what? It can be a good thing. We live in it. We have an interventionalist mindset in our country. And we see it all the time, right? We start to feel bad and we go to the doctor and say, fix this, right? And so yeah. they cut on us or give us pills when the reality is, is what we probably need is some rest and some time for our body to heal itself. Yeah. Right. And so if you choose the second course of action, which is probably the wise one, you've just intentionally procrastinated. Hmm. In other words, you've let the way God designed us to take hold and take effect. Um, which is an interesting thing because we hate that. And then that led me down another rabbit trail, which said, you know, healthcare systems, universal healthcare systems around the world where people have delayed surgeries mm -hmm. uh, because they can't get in. There's a statistics that show that a lot of them self heal between this, when they would have normally had it in a system like ours versus when they could only get it in their system. Yeah. And that boggles my mind. So, I'm kind of trying to be, it's almost a different way to look at essentialism, an intentional procrastinator. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah. That our, our ability or our tendency to respond so quickly. And I'll, I, I'm that way, man. If, if uh, feeling bad, for instance, uh, I want to take a pill and keep going on with what I'm doing as opposed to taking that cue to go, Hey, my body's not doing well, slow down. It needs to recover. Uh, let it do that. Or am I just giving it, addressing the symptom and then going on and I'm going to keep the, keep perpetuating it on and on. Well, you know, on that note, Steve Rosen, you know, Steve, uh, he makes a couple of responses here, but I honed in on him saying, uh, I'm finding that I was hurrying for zero reason, just a habit and a mindset. And I just resonated with that, Tom, so much of the hurry that has become so culturally prolific is just uh, it's just habitual. It's just what we do. And I have found myself doing that. And I'm, I'm hurrying or for me, I would think I am producing, I'm looking for something to produce for no good reason. It's Saturday. It's a holiday. It's a whatever. And I am looking for something to do. And I may even try to pull the family in to justify it somewhat. Hey, let's all build a deck together or something, but I'm just wanting to do something because I can't, I'm not at peace. I'm not at rest or I'm just not even used to, I'm just outside of my norm to just slow down and smell the roses. When people talk about, gosh, I had time to kill. I have no relation to that whatsoever. Nothing against that. I just have no relation. I never, I've never, I can't remember ever having time to kill. I've got things that I would enjoy doing. What I'm learning to do is kill time and not produce something and play or rest. And that's just, that's been difficult. And I think we usually attribute that often, at least to a certain personality type, but I, back to what Steve said, I just see it as a, it's just gotten to be a cultural habit. We just go, go, go. Um, I remember watching an interview with Michael J. Fox, and I think it was kind of soon after uh, his Parkinson's diagnosis had become real. And he went on the interview, and he had not taken his medication. Hmm. And because of that, his hands were shaking hmm. when he was talking, right? He had the, the tremors. And this is this is the quote I'll never forget. He's they, I can't remember who interviewed him, but they said, well, what have you learned? And he said this, he said, I learned that I, he said, I've learned that I, I discovered I couldn't be still until I couldn't be still. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) And that's what a lot of us are going through right now is that idea of being still. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of um, anxiety right now. You know, what's the world going to look like? And I'm telling people, hey, it's not going to be better. It's not going to be worse. It's going to be different. We don't know, right? It's going to be different. And I think the way we prepare for whatever comes and however long it takes is we get still and quiet and we really try to match up. You know, what's what are, what are my gifts? What does God want me to do? And what's the world going to need when we're done with this? Yeah. 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 I wonder if it's going to, uh, the word aggravate comes to mind, but I guess if we, if we look at that, you know, either, either way, good and bad, it's going to, uh, exaggerate maybe our natural propensity. And I think on one side, people are talking about, we're going to see the, 
Yeah, the, the, the increase in suicides and depression and despair. We're going to see an increase in obesity as people are uh, you know, binging on Netflix and eating comfort foods on one side. And on the other side, we've got other people going, my gosh, I've got time for the good things that I had not been doing. And I'm exercising and I'm cooking and I'm creating. And are we going to see a, a bigger gap there. I, and again, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm here, I've heard both sides, but I, I, I'm not bright enough to f- be able to predict it. We're going to see it flesh out and it'll be, it will be interesting. You are listening to the Ziggler show. And next we hear from a first responder who is absolutely busy. And Tom Ziegler discusses the reality that we have a choice in how we respond at this unique time. So we'll jump right back in after I share some great products and services. Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to 100 times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier, and Air Doctor is just the best. Air Doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so it, your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital, and Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know, 
Kim Wade here. She says she's probably an 11 right now. I'd rather be hunkered down, but duty calls. Of course, I ask, so what do you do? She says, I'm a first responder. Um, that, yeah, law enforcement. Yeah, yeah law enforcement. <clears throat> yeah, we're going to see a lot of, again, healthcare. I don't know where that's going to go right now because we still don't know where this thing's going to get to. Um, what yeah, it's it's uh, it's a tough thing. But what I want people uh, there's there's two things that I would tell people um, is first off we have a choice in how we respond to it, and a lot of times people just they don't ever slow down enough to figure out they've got the choice. And even somebody, and especially you know prayers and and thoughts go out to anybody in uh, healthcare. Uh, nurses, doctors who are frontline, law enforcement, anybody who's out there. Uh, it's what you're seeing and experiencing. You know, normally you get over a career, you're getting in weeks, right? <laughs> it's almost, it's like in some situations, it's almost like a combat experience, the amount of things that you're trying to absorb. Uh, if you're intentional about how you process that, that can help immensely during this time. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, and that's one of the things that we, that we do at Ziegler is we help people understand that they have a choice even in how their, their mind processes through this. It doesn't, it doesn't take away anything that you're going through. It just says, wait a second, I can look at it through a little different lens and that has its benefits. Yeah. Yes. I think we're all are looking through different lenses right now. Maybe that'll be the title of the show. Uh, Thomas here, he says, I need to slow down. I, he says he's a 10. I said, why? He says, I don't know. Uh, it seems as though there's always something important that needs to be done. Again, back to that cultural norm. We make everything urgent and, and let's just go to the social perspective we've given it. If you are busy, you are important. I mean, how long have we lived at that Tom? And that's where, you know, John Mark Comer, he posed that question that back in, in, you know, time, time long ago, not that long ago, actually, but it seemed long ago that the affluent, the royalty, they showcased that by leisure. They had leisure time. They played games. They, uh, you know, a lot of people these days have watched Poldark or uh, Downton Abbey. They had leisure, man. They weren't busy. That would have been the opposite. That would have been the lowly man, the, the, the poor man. Uh, and somehow now the advertising back then, or, or, you know, even, even back, I think in the sixties, fifties, maybe would have been leisure. You'd have been on a boat, the important guys on a boat, you know, smoking a cigarette probably. Uh, and today that same guy is in a car with the driver doing a meeting while he's on a zoom call on his mobile hotspot, you know, on the way to somewhere <laughs> important. Cause he's so important. We've changed that. And I, I'm losing the luster. Uh, as I said in the intro, I'm losing the luster for that because I know in my own life, it is not to, it is not create my best work. It does not create my best peace. Uh, it's just this low level of existence, very fast, but very low. And I can't go deep. And I want to do, I want to do the deep work, but to what Thomas said, Tom, you know, something important. Why, when did everything get so darn important? And when did we, uh, you know, have the average middle-class person who's so hurried, so doing so many important things 
And I, we would look at it and go, really? Is it that important? I'm looking at my own life and go, is it that important? Am I that important? Am I Kevin Miller that important? I mean, I am not leading the country or the nation. I'm not even leading the city. I mean, I've got a big family, but even there, I'm not God. I, 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 the world will not stop without me and without everything I do. I hope I am making a meaningful, comp, uh, uh, a meaningful contribution, of course. And so do you, Tom, and you would leave a gap if you're gone, but are we really that important? Are all the things that we're doing really that important? And I'm, I obviously can hear me. I'm getting soured on the whole perspective of everything is so important. Everything. I need to start taking everything with a grain of salt. My, my magnum opus, you know, I hope it helps some people, but it's not, it's not, it's not God. Uh, God's got, he's got, uh, he's, he's got things. Uh, I hope I can help and I hope he calls on me to help, but he'll probably get his stuff done anyways. You know, uh, it's interesting. Uh, there's a quote that dad had and he had it in context and it makes sense. And it was basically, uh, you know, God's, God's mathematics. And it, and it says you plus God equals enough. Yeah. And then of course I, every now and then we'll post that, uh, cause it's a, it's a great thought. Right. And then the theologians will come on and they'll say, yeah, God doesn't need you. <laughs> He's God's yeah. enough. Right. Which is true. And, uh, you know, and before when I read that quote, I was like, oh, man, there's somebody just raining on this parade for no good reason. Yeah. Well, now in this context, I'm like, well, wait a second. You know, maybe what I need to do is instead of doing all this work, I just need to go sit in God's lap and say, hey, you got this one. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I, I, I think I, again, I hope this time helps us all question the importance of ourselves, of of what we're doing, of so many things. Uh, Okay. Here's one, Tom, this one's pretty, this one's pretty insightful. Uh, Savannah, she says, I would say I'm an eight or nine. I don't think of it as a negative because I prefer to be very busy doing a lot of different things and only having a little bit of downtime. I find having too much downtime and too much time to think always causes me to overthink and become anxious or sad. So moving as much as I can keeps me happiest. So I asked her, I said, thanks Savannah, but anxious or sad about what? She says, I find that if I have way too much time on my hands, I can really get worked up over almost anything. Well, in all due respect, I I find that troubling, um, Tom. And I think we, I don't, I don't need to think we know that we know that a a reason that a lot of people do pursue and gravitate towards busyness is so that we don't have time to stop and think and consider and to comp and, and, and contemplate, uh, because we can get worked up. I mean, that's, that goes back to Pascal's quote from who, who knows how long ago of one of man's uh, biggest detriments is his ability to sit alone in a room for 15 minutes and just be, that's why we have so much coming out of the woodwork these days on meditation or just being present or being quiet to, to come into context of ourselves and our own being. And I don't mean to pick on Savannah and she may be 10 times mentally healthier than I am. Um, but that is a little, a little concerning to hear that anytime I have too much time on my hands, I get worked up almost uh, over almost anything, which means to, we have to say by proxy, you're being busy then to avoid what, to avoid something. And 
that's uh, a place that, and that is a place that a lot of people are dealing with now, Tom. And we're hearing, I, I, you know, I haven't really gone in depth on it, but on mental health stats, but we're having some people that this downtime is incredibly troubling and trying just because of the downtime in and of itself. Um, I don't know if you've seen stats on that, Tom. I've, I've seen a little bit here. I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to them. Um, a lot of people are being faced with that right there. Well, I can tell you that, um, and this is from Dr. Carolyn Leaf. Uh, she's, she's heard her speak last year, and she said that the number one cause of, of death in the United States is loneliness. Yeah. And I think, um, God, with this isolation and this questioning of our identity, right? Because too many people, their identity is what they do and not who they are. It's, you know, tell me about yourself. Oh, this is my job. This is what I do. Here's my responsibility. Well, all those got put to the side. And so now we're isolated with those thoughts. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about that. You know, the, how do we reach out? And that's why, uh, for me and personally, it's like I'm, I've got a sense of urgency, but I'm not hurried. I'm actually doing more, but it seems more intentional and more purposeful because I'm, I'm trying to reach out and say, hey, wait a second. You know what? The, what we do is not who we are. Yeah. And now is a perfect time to get that straight so that we can be intentional and meaningful in everything that we do do. Yes. Um, that being intentional, I, you know, I, I looking at the things and, and, and almost doing, you know, calling out, you know, here's all my list of stuff. What are the ones I want to be intentional? What are the ones that are the good, the great, the important stuff and saying, what can I get rid of? I, I, I it's hard to not think Tom, this is going to be a significant time of people questioning back to what you said. How did it get so hot? How did I, how did I let it get so boiling and why, and what am I going to say yes to and jump right back into? And I think we got to say that that, that is going to be the expectation that some, at some point we're going to, we're going to correct, uh, we'll get past this coronavirus, we'll get back. And then everything we were involved in is going to be yelling at us. And maybe even some extra things now are going to be yelling at us and expecting us to come back to what are we going to agree to go to go right back to. I know we will be as a family. I will be uh, myself in a big way, questioning and questioning. You know, Kevin, I don't know if we could put this out as a, uh, an idea, a challenge of, you know, a Facebook response or whatever, but I have had a lot of meetings with business owners um, in the last two weeks. And, you know, one of the questions is, well, what do I do? How do I, you know, how do I plan? What is it that I should do? Yeah. And so here's a, a couple of tips. Um, tip number one for everybody who's got a little bit more time on their hands, maybe you're shut down, locked in, uh, take a morning or take, take a couple of hours and get out on the paper all the things that you have to do, should do, need to do, want to do. <laughs> just basically just dump your to-do list onto paper. Uh, you can, well, you can put an outlook if you want. I don't care where, you, where it goes. It can go into the performance plan. It doesn't matter. Just get it all out. Okay. And the point is, is you want it all out on paper. So you get rid of all the loops in your mind. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I want you to create some time. And this, 
the it's creative time. And so I want every, I want you to think about the combination of these two things. Who am I gift, skill, experience, you know, unique experience. Who am I right now? And how do I think the world is going to change and what problems are they going to have that I might be a problem solver for? And I would just be really interested in seeing um, what comes out of that, that clearing of the mind and getting focused on how, how, how are, what, are, what future problems might come up that I might be perfect. Because when I start thinking about that, I get a rush. I actually get excited because I, I can see things changing like almost minute by minute of how it's going to be not better, not worse, but different. Yeah. Right. And so when, and, you know, this is the quote from Rabbi Daniel Lappin that I love, you know, God's never happier with his children than when they're solving the problems of his other children. Mm-hmm. And so if we got kids at home, we, we got to think in the future, okay, how's the world going to change and how can I help my kids? in that change. Yes. How can I help my kids? How can I, yeah. How is the world going to change? You know, Tom, it reminds me, I, I don't know where, and I feel like I wrote this somewhere. I don't think I did it in a show, but well, here, here I'll, I'll lead into it by reading one Jennifer Carey here. She says we have five digits in savings. Uh, she said she's at a three. We have five digits in savings, six months of, of provisions, uh, you know, money. And otherwise we have a mortgage, uh, and a car payment only our pantry stockpiled. And she says, thanks. Thanks, Dave Ramsey, who we've talked about plenty during this. And you know, that, that piece that she has that so many people don't, I'm, I'm hoping expecting that for a lot of people, that will be a big change in people's general peace, uh, and their anxiety, if not their hurry is, you know, what if we look, I was thinking, what if we looked at this and what if we expected that every two years, Tom, there's going to be a new virus and it's going to shut things down for a month, at least a month, 30 days. It's just going to happen. And we just can expect it like the seasons once every two years. How would that change things? How would that change people's savings accounts, savings and investings? Um, I mean, you can only stockpile so much stuff. So after so long, you know, you got this many cans or whatever and some toilet paper for some reason, which we all apparently need more. Um, that's going to be done. And just having those reserves, what would that do to people's peace of mind ongoing, the cultural peace of mind, if everybody had three months, even more so like Jennifer, six months of provisions, especially money sitting in the bank, how would that change the culture? And I think the ramifications would be kind of like what you talked about with pollution. We didn't, we haven't been looking at that, but what if that's a secondary uh, consequence that actually results in more saved lives during this time. How, how incredible was that? What if this caused people to put more money in savings uh, for the, for the you know, possible virus, the possible crisis like this, of course, outside of the crisis, actually having just that many people, some percentage of the global populace having money in arrears to where they're not worried about the month, the month, paycheck what would that do to people's minds their peace their security overall what would the unintended consequences of that be i think it would be meteorically positive uh so you know to what jennifer said that one that's one i hope we'll see 
I hope we hear Dave Ramsey talking about that six months from now or a year from now saying as a result of the virus, people now making sure they have money in case something like that comes again. We have seen the peace go up at a dramatic rate. We've seen people look at their work with less survival mode perspective and start looking for other opportunities that fit them better. I mean, who knows what that could, what the positive, can I say fallout? We need to start saying fallout, fall up. What's the fall up going to be? There's an article for you, Tom. That'd be a podcast right there. What's the fall up going to be? I like, I like that. that. I do too. I like that. Um, well, here's one. Laura, she says, uh, she's normally at an eight. I resonate, uh, with a lot of people here. I rise at 4am most days to run trails with a friend or two. That's my main social connection. Then the commute long stop or long nonstop hours at work, followed by running my two teens around a school events, plus the usual shopping, cleaning, gym, etc. I crash at 10 and then repeat interspersed with visiting with family and friends and church, etc. My downtime is going camping and long hikes and runs on the weekend. The virus situation, this virus situation makes me notice that I have a hard time sitting still unless I'm on my phone, but that's not really restful. I also notice I'm coping with the growing independence of my teens by burying in work, which is not how I want to, how I want my life to be. I'm having to remind myself to use this time to relax and connect with them, her teens, even when they're reluctant. I'm actually dreading them starting online school next week, just for that reason. The, the relationships, I and mean, we're seeing that, Tom, again, one of those things where we're seeing so many people, so a, lot of, a lot of people are grateful for the time. And granted, we have an audience who's going to be more relationship, positively relationship prone, I think, than most people, than, than the general populace. Uh, but it's still putting, gosh, our relationships in a, in a microscope, our marital relationships now with a spouse who we generally just see in passing, are they strong and are we grateful to have more time with them or is it worse? Is it, is it magnifying the junk that's there? Uh, same thing then with our kids. That's what Laura's talking about. And I've seen some other posts from her where she's grappling with, uh, the intimacy now with the kids that she didn't have. And there's, you know, good and bad with that. And, you know, back to what we talked about with Savannah, you know, this time that we now have, uh, with relationships specifically is uh, for most of us should be showcasing the reality of what is there. Now it's just magnifying the good or the bad, or just the lack that may be, that may be happening there. And I, I would have to think that overall, that's a good thing. Cause we need to know what's going on for real. Don't you think? Yep. It's, um, that's what I said about peeling back the onion. Yeah. I mean, you know, the studies show that if our, if, if we have deeply fulfilling relationships, we end up happy and satisfied with our life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, Tom, there, there are, I could, we could keep going on with these things. I mean, most people, yeah, this is not what I intended when I, I posted this a long time ago, actually. I posted this question quite a while ago, and I was just looking for people, expecting them to say, look, I am at a high level of hurriedness, of busyness. I'm at a high level. Now, with this coming right in line with the virus here, now people are set back and nobody, well, for the most part, uh, unless you're a first responder or working at a grocery store, most people have slowed down. And we're having to look at that and say, you know, again, what do we want to go back to? And the culture, the workplace, everything's going to expect us to go back 
to the things as normal. And what a great melting pot time right here to say, what do we want to go back to? What is the norm? Well, let me just, before we, we, we jump off this, I mean, what about you, Tom? I mean, you already talked about that. You're doing all these webinars that hasn't really slowed down your life to some degree. Um, it's probably slowed down some aspects of it. You're not running to and from the office to do them. Um, no, I've got an 11 second commute now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Granted. Well, that yeah. includes a fill up at the coffee station. So yeah. Yeah. What yeah, we... you... Go ahead. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've processed through that, uh, yet. Um, I can tell you that my belief is, is that, uh, um, and I've said this quote a million times in the last 10 days, you know, dad, I was trying to figure out what would Zig Ziglar say in a time like this. And his quote that I came up with was expect the best, prepare for the worst and maximize what comes. Yeah. Right. So in a, in a synopsis of it, this is why I get, get positive and excited about any situation. In, and even in a time like this, if her attitude is upbeat, uh, an attitude of gratitude, hope and encouragement, you know, from my faith perspective, we won from my family. Uh, you know, they're, they're here, they're important. And when I put in the good stuff into my mind, right. When I reinforce, uh, the way God created me to be, and I put that good stuff in my mind, then I create a spirit that says, you know what? The trials don't matter. Mm -hmm. The trials make me stronger. Uh, but how I respond to them, that's what matters. And even on a hard day, it's like, wow, you know, we lifted that person's spirit or I did this and, or this happened to me and I can be grateful for it. And it's really interesting how you, that's a dichotomy, right? Because that's that attitude and it's not a, you know, pie in the sky, everything's honky dory attitude. It's just a, a very intentional uh, outlook that I want to have. And then I go to the other side and I go, yeah, but I got to prepare for the worst. Mm -hmm. So what have I been doing to prepare for the worst? Well, I'm, I'm working out more. I'm making sure I'm getting more sleep. I'm, you know, I ordered a, just a ton more of supplements, you know, just mm -hmm. all the little things that, that you can do to give yourself the edge uh, in, in our business and our personal life, it's creating margin. It's, it's making sure that we're, we've got, we're well stocked and we've, and we're looking into that. But the thing is, is when I do it this way, it's not that I'm looking at, at the worst from the perspective of fear and dread and, Oh no, I hope that doesn't happen. I'm looking at it from the perspective of, and I need, I need to be ready because there's going to be needs out there. could be a family member who's counting on me. I want to have the capacity, the bandwidth, the extra to, to lift them up in their time of need. Plus, when I do those two things, when I have the right, courageous, contagious, uplifting attitude, and I have margin in my life, then I'm in a position to maximize whatever comes. And, you know, dad said that success is the maximum utilization of the abilities that God gave you. Yeah. That's all he expects. Hey, yeah. what have you done? with what I've given you. And, and Bob Bodine, he made a comment. He said, what, what have you done with the people God put in your life? And so that's, that to me is the essence of this. So I've got this, 
uh, in the middle of the storm and we're all in this storm together, which is unique, right? It usually doesn't happen this way. It's usually like, Oh, I'm praying for you. <laughs> and right. They go back to the hospital waiting room and you go back to life. Yeah. Okay. We're all in the hospital waiting room, so to speak right now. So we're all in this together. Uh, there's something about encouragement from somebody who's in the same boat you are. And I don't know what it is exactly, but I do know this. It, it changes the person who needs the encouragement and it changes the person who gives the encouragement. And so to me, that's, that's what my focus is on is how do I expect the best prepare for the worst and maximize what comes. Tom, I can't say anything to increase the positivity and the encouragement of what you just said. Let's end right there. You ready? Go forth and prosper. All right. Well, I'm sure this has you considering where you are on that scale in general. Are you generally living life as a 10, as that uh, super caffeinated squirrel? Or is it super slow? Of course, you don't want that either. What's the good balance for you? And well, that word balance too is suspect that generally we can't always be in perfect harmonious balance, but overall, what level are we existing and what level do we want exist to exist at? We're coming up in episode 775, more on this topic, slowing down to speed up. Uh, if you've ever heard that before, consider it again. And this is a common thread that we continue to have on this show as we've talked about busyness and hurry and they're not producing good works. The faster we run, the slower we produce, or at least the shallower we produce. And if your life is a blur of lots of shallow work, then speed uh, may, may be your gig, but to do the great work, the deep work, the valuable and profitable work, we all are learning speed click kills. So this next show is our habits episode. It's with Jennifer Allwood, my guest from show 773, where we discussed that I titled it showing up for your own life, a primary message from her new book, Fear is not the boss of you. Uh, we've had some great responses for that show, by the way, if you didn't hear that yet, 773. But in this upcoming show, 775, we discuss uh, the habits. And in the career spoke, Jennifer shares her focus right now amongst the success of her book and podcast and coaching organization is slowing down to speed up. With so many opportunities, she knows there's always a danger of imploding. And her rudder right now is if it's costing me my peace, it's too expensive. Love that line. Well, this and more in this upcoming episode. Till then, folks, thank you as always as we inspire our true performance together. <laughs>